The stigma attached to the diabetes is absolutely crippling, especially if you're first diagnosed. That some women will just hide it. They won't say, even men, they don't say they have diabetes because it's a condition that a lot of people think that it's all related to poor health choices, you know, poor eating, poor everything. You know, people are getting fat, you know, you eat too much. So it's all involves a very negative kind of stuff set that people, it doesn't make anyone feel nice about themselves so they would rather hide that so they never say anything they have diabetes. Welcome back to the Women's Wellness Podcast by the Women's Wellness Research Collaborative, a podcast where we talk about women's health needs throughout every stage of life from young women through to midlife women, women's health after a cancer diagnosis and women who are living with type 2 diabetes. On this podcast you'll hear from some of the world's leading researchers in women's health. I'm Professor Deborah Anderson, the founder and director of the Women's Wellness Research Collaborative and the Dean of the Faculty of Health at the University of Technology, Sydney. I've spent my career dedicated to helping women be the best they can be. In our last episode, I spoke with Professor Jackie Sturt from King's College London about the Women's Wellness with Type 2 Diabetes Program. And we discussed how more than 200 million women across the globe are living with Type 2 Diabetes. Today, I'm hoping to dive a little deeper into the specific programs one of our colleagues in Australia has developed to support Maori and Pacific women with type 2 diabetes. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome Dr. Hina Akbar from the University of Queensland to the Women's Wellness Podcast. Hina's research is shaping the way Pacific health research is being used to improve the health and well-being of Maori and Pacific peoples in Australia and indeed across the world. Much of her research addresses social behavioural change and empowerment of Pacifica women living with chronic conditions, identifying and co-developing solutions with communities, and reducing the impact of chronic disease burden on the Australian primary healthcare system. I'm also very honoured to welcome Pastor Violet Langan and Winnie Niamata. Auntie Vive is a Fijian community elder and community engagement and empowerment leader at Kingdom Community Life Care. She is an experienced community engagement manager with a demonstrated history of working in the education management industry. Winnie is a registered nurse and diabetes educator who works as a clinical nurse navigator for Maori and Pacific Islander communities with Queensland Health from Metro South Health. Winnie and Auntie Vi have been involved as community partners and members in the co-design and development of the Pacifica Diabetes Wellness Program for the past 10 years. Welcome Hina, Auntie Vi and Winnie. So great to have you all on the podcast today to talk about the Pacifica Wellness for Women with Type 2 Diabetes. Hina, we spoke with Dr. Jackie Sturt recently about how type 2 diabetes affects more than 200 million women across the globe. What does this picture look like for Australian Pacific Islander women? Thank you, Debbie. It's a very good question. For Australian Maori and Pacific women, type 2 diabetes is a significant public health burden, not only in terms of how prevalent it is in our communities here, but it is one of the leading causes of premature mortality for women here as well as in the Pacific Isles. And in Fiji, it's affecting one in three persons. Um, unfortunately, we don't have that data for Queensland or for Australia, but this is hence why we are actually looking at the uh, doing the Pacific Wellness Program. 
You know, while we know that our men are also affected with type 2 diabetes, our women are far more vulnerable where they have high risks of multiple comorbidity, long-term complications, and with poor health outcomes, as with the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander women here in Australia. So in Queensland, we know that we have about four to five times um, uh, women are more likely to die of premature diabetes-related complications. And we know that because we can see that in communities such as Cook Islands, for Samoan, for Tongans, they're as high as nine times. So it means that these are all preventable complications that could have uh, prevented the uh, women from getting to that stage. What this also means is that our women are less likely to access and utilize primary health care services essential to early prevention and management of type 2 diabetes. So the question is then why don't our women in the community use mainstream health care and diabetes services? So in saying this, our women have very little awareness and understanding about type 2 diabetes as a chronic condition and also the importance of prevention and management of diabetes, particularly as it requires lifelong management to stay healthy and maintain a healthy quality life. So it's important that our women understand why visiting health professionals regularly for health checks and screening is critical in the ongoing maintenance of a healthy life whilst living with type 2 diabetes. So we know that a very high burden of living with type 2 diabetes can affect the health and well-being of women, but not all, all, only our women. It also affects the whole family, the whole community. And we know that these figures will keep growing unless we collectively work with the community to address this. So Pacifica Women's Diabetes Wellness Program is a 24-week culturally tailored intervention aimed to promote health and well-being of our Maori and Pacifica women's. It is a holistic program worked within a cultural space and it involves and includes an interactive education workshop offered in person, but also virtually in a hybrid format with culturally self-care resources and tools. We also offer individual consultations using Kalanoa and virtual support group for women supported by our dedicated Pacifica health professionals that includes community health workers, as well as diabetes educator Winnie Numata. So these community um, our health professionals will work closely with our women to support them and their family through the wellness journey. And we will provide a culturally safe space for women to share their lived experience and motivate each other. So we are also working with our Maori Pacifica community organizations here in Southeast Queensland, in Brisbane, Logan, where we're actually there providing us that space. So it is also within a space where we actually can deliver these workshops and then we are also doing the online option. To go on what exactly we are offering, in terms of with the, what we're doing is we're inviting our Maori and Pacifica women living with type 2 diabetes in Queensland to join us in this wellness um, journey, which we will run over the 24 weeks. So the first five weeks is a WANU, a family-centered education workshop that provides interactive knowledge-based education on targeted health knowledge and behaviors. And this will include, again, cultural-specific tools and resources and uh, knowledge-based evidence-based work to inform our women about how to better manage diabetes within a family community and spiritual context. So this will be run over weeks one to week five. Then we offer the Talano support group virtually to provide peer support. And this is important 
in terms of us looking at how our women deal with stress barriers, understanding family dynamics, situations, you know, um, their responsibilities, mindfulness, nutrition, diet, importance of regular health checks, visits to their GPs, specialists, medication adherence and maintenance. And then our community health workers on top of that and our diabetes educator will work with our women who's in the intervention arm on one-to-one and we offer three individual consultations to support these women through their journey, through goal setting on specific wellness components like healthy eating, mental well-being, physical activity, managing their stress, sleep, going through menopause, medication, appropriate screening, routine checkups, and also review participants progress in order so they can actually identify their barriers but also think about setting future goals for maintenance and this this will be offered over the 24 weeks over three times within uh, with individual uh, women to ensure that their wellness journey is not just progressive but it's actually sustainable and they're able to maintain them on the long run. Oh, thanks, Hina. And it sounds fabulous and so exciting. Um, And as you said, community, a real community-led initiative can have a far more powerful impact on change. And today we're lucky enough to be joined by two women who have been instrumental in co-designing and developing the Pacific Women's Diabetes Wellness Program. Auntie Vi, you first became involved in the project when Hina was starting her PhD more than a decade ago. Can you tell us a little bit more about why you first got involved in the research and the program? For me, it was a vested interest. I have to live what I preach. (laughs) And so we become accountable when we say we want to help others. But I worked as a a stewardess. And so, you know, when you're on the plane and they tell you, put on your face mask before, you know, your air face mask before you put it on your children. And so I I really had to be involved because I knew that diabetes was a disease that slowly over time, because my dad had it. When you see the ramifications and the pain he used to go through and we used to rub his legs and, you know, uh, encourage him to drink more water and all of these things. We didn't know why we were doing it, but we were just doing it. And so when I came up, I went to the doctors and basically he just says, oh, you've got diabetes, here's your medication, off you go and get your tablets. And that was about it. I think we owe it to ourselves because sometimes for me as somebody out in the community, you have all these wonderful programs, but nobody tells you about it until you're sick and then you go and find out about them. And that's why I wanted to be involved. Uh, You know, it's been a wonderful experience because as I'm learning, I'm educating others because I'm a grandmother now when I started off and my daughter has gestational diabetes. I probably had it too, but there was no test at that time. And so for me, it's prevention is better than cure. Fantastic. And why was it so important to be part of co-designing the Women's Diabetes Wellness Programme? for Australian Pacifica Islander women. And what was this experience like for you? What a journey of self-discovery. <laughs> uh, basically, it was coming from our worldview, you know, because I'm a pastor in the church and uh, we pray every day. 
that you know God will heal us spiritually, mentally, physically, but then we don't do the work because faith without action is dead. And so I felt the need because about 80% of our pastors have diabetes. It's being accountable. And I really believe that we must practice what we preach. And so it's been a journey of self-discovery, but also from a cultural perspective, how do we approach uh, women that it's almost like a stigma that you have this disease that's eating away inside of you and um, you know about it and you take the medications haphazardly because I was the same, you know, just looking after yourself holistically. And as we get older, I find, you know, we don't exercise as much and I had to force myself to to be motivated to take care of, of me you know, body, mind, soul, and spirit. And so with prayer, you know, every day is a gift. And we are so blessed to to be on this planet. And so for for me, my gift really, for me and, and my community, because uh, I work with all communities here in Logan, there's about 212 different nationalities. And in every, even the Africans that have come, the women are starting to get diabetes now. And so, you know, education is a key, but I think culturally appropriate education, because sometimes we don't know if we're offending somebody in the way we approach them. And so basically it's, uh, I just share my journey and I ask them, you know, how's it going for them? And then they open up because sometimes uh, Clinically, if you look at things, they don't comprehend. You got to kind of walk in their shoes, and so I walk them through my journey and through my story. They are more comfortable in sharing their story, and so uh, in community, it's just wonderful. I like love to hear what they're going through, and I work with youth. I'm the director of Kingdom Community Life Care, and prevention is better than cure, and. Um, first with the justice program and now we start in uh, high schools from grade seven instead of 12. And so I want to embed our program on healthy thinking, eating and living on a wellness journey for our children. Wonderful. Thank you, Auntie Vi. And I can hear another few uh, wellness programs coming up, Hina. (laughs) Um, Auntie Vi, you'll be participating in the upcoming program, which is launching next year. What are you hoping that you and others will get out of the program? And how has being involved in the program supported you with your own health needs over the years? It has helped me tremendously because I've asked the questions. You know, I get along with the diabetes wellness program here at the Logan Hospital when I moved from Robina. I know the diabetes healthcare educator and the psychologists and, you know, all the needs that um, most of our people wouldn't ask for, you know, the help that they can get that they are not aware of. That's one of the things is, as being somebody that's interested in and knowing how can we help more effectively. Uh, but it's helped my health. I 
had neuropathy, you know, everything that you can imagine that happens. You know, sometimes you get up in the morning and you are sweating profusely and you're thinking, Lord, what's happening? I'm going through menopause or what? <laughs> but, you know, it's one of the side effects from the medication. And so the more holistic that we approach this it is better for us. And so I'm, you know, eating better, um, sleeping better, making sure I'm living up to, you know, for me first, uh, and then helping and encouraging others. Uh, some people don't like walking. And so I suggest, okay, let's go and have a game of golf. <laughs> and they says, hi, you know, but the thing is, I said, just keep moving, you know? And so basically, because I live near the golf course, I take a few people around and we can walk in around the creeks. They're, they're beautiful set um, places. And so it's not only for us, but I meet a lot of pastors' wives and it's kind of easier to get through the wives than it is through the, the, the men because they are the ones really are the primary caregivers for their family. And so if you target the women, then hopefully the men will come uh, on board. You know, it, it's well-rounded because it's not only the woman, but I can see the ramifications of uh, our children going that way. They're, most of our Maori and Pacific Island children are obese. It's related to diet, food proportion sizes, and comfort eating. A lot of them have other issues, you know, or traumas that they're going through, and we cover it up by eating. And these are the things that I see rising. And so working with our trained youth has been a wonderful thing because we've got pharmacists and like uh, Auntie Winnie, you know, diabetes educators that are coming through, nurses, and I'm all about empowering them because Griffith Uni is only two minutes down the road from me. Uh, I work well with their community hub and have been in and done the physio, you know, gone through the program so that I can... When I go out there, I'll be able to say, this is where you can come with me and we can go to these places where they don't feel that they're the odd one out. And so, you know, it's a holistic approach. Thank you so much, Auntie Vi. Sorry, Deb, can I just yeah. add um, to this? Um, Auntie Vi has just come on board as our community recruitment engagement person. So we've just employed her into the wellness program. So she'll be helping to um, do all the community engagement, talking to all the leaders and the women and helping with the recruitment as well. So I just wanted to um, say that she's continued with the journey with us by being part of the program team, project team as well. How terrific. And working with us for a decade, Ani Vai, you've got some really good insights as well. Um, and all of those things you said are really what the wellness program is targeting. So it's um, we're, we're just so fortunate to have, have you on board. Um, and Winnie, you're a nurse navigator for the Maori and Pacific Islander community in Metro South Health. And much of your work includes assisting Pacific Islanders with complex health needs, navigating the ever complex health system. What are some of the biggest challenges you think Pacifica women with type 2 diabetes face in our communities? Like the other ladies have said, like Hina and Aniva, Pastor Bai have said, mentioned it. I'll start with this is enormous stigma about diabetes. 
I mean, I know it's in the general public as well, you know, let alone, but in the Maori Pacific Islander uh, culture, it's even 10 times worse because it's such a community focused community, you know, like everyone knows everybody because they all go to the same church, you know, get involved, all that stuff. So the stigma attached to the diabetes is absolutely crippling, especially if you're first diagnosed that some women will just hide it. They won't say, even men, they don't say they have diabetes because it's a condition that's very, like a lot of people think that it's all related to poor health choices, you know, poor eating, poor everything, you know, people are getting fat, you know, you eat too much. So it's all involves a very negative kind of stuff set that people, it doesn't make anyone feel nice about themselves. So they would rather hide that. So they never say anything, they have diabetes. So that's one of the biggest barrier. It's just that accepting that this is a health condition that I do have and not necessarily related to, you know, poor health choices, you know, there's genetics, there's other factors that do play a part in that you know there's a whole if you look at the whole complexity of the diabetes and all that there's you know there's a lot of other factors and just people feeling really bad about themselves and then hiding that stigma about diabetes is a massive barrier to to people accepting that they do have the diabetes um lack of knowledge and misinformation lack of education all that plays a massive part as well it's it, that can lead to you know to medication non-compliance it's, it's low health literacy and that's a massive problem i know that's a big problem with a lot of other cultures um as well but you know it's it, it is a big problem um in our community it just uh, the language that we use as clinicians use, even the GP, doctors, nurses, anybody who's calls themselves a clinician in health setting, it's a language that we do use. We use complex words or even everyday words sometimes that, that's still quite difficult for a lot of people that do have low health literacy to understand. For example, like they go to the chemist or the doctor prescribe some medication for them to be given BD or twice a day or whatever or they might give them pictures with even like the sun and the moon even I have when I initially saw that for the sun and the moon what if the sun is not shining what does that say <laughs> what time of the day am I taking so it's all those things that we think oh yeah that should work but it doesn't so it's it's a language that we use it's a stigma it's lack of education low health literacy lack of understanding of their culture that they're from and how that impacts their lifestyle their diet you know the their faith all that stuff that does play a part in in their management of their of their diabetes that's just some of them and then you've got on top of that you've got financial difficulties as a result of the visa when they come over because most of the pacific islanders come from new zealand so their visa is very important because that will determine whether they're going to be entitled to any payments from centrelink while they're looking for a job or not so that will then also determine their medication stuff and all that stuff so there's quite a lot of barriers but those are only some of the barriers that are I have come across quite um, quite frequently, yeah. Well, you've certainly identified a need then with um, those issues, I think, for the women. Um, and over the years, you've provided cultural and clinical evidence-based input to the co-development of Pacific Diabetes Wellness Program. What are some of the ways the program will be delivered and why is it important to Maori and Pacifica women? 
The Māori Pacifica Islander community is a very community-focused group, you know, and they congregate usually in their churches and where the churches are. So it needs a community approach to delivering the care, that, the education. So it needs to be delivered in like people need to have that option of having like group education in some form, which is why we have developed that. Also, Hina mentioned strength-based sort of approach to delivering the care, which is with our the resources that have been developed has been focused mainly around that strength-based where people feel encouraged and, um, you know, to keep going and to build up resilient and self-determination in their self-management rather than using, I think a lot of the times with our own, our current sort of delivery of health education is very, sometimes our best effort ends up being a tick box kind of approach, you know, and, and people do know that. They kind of pick that up. So, which is why the Talanoa or the conversational, and that's usually how I do my education. So it's just having that conversation with the person so that at the end of the consultation, they end up feeling that they were actually the centre of this engagement rather than the clinician and that they did play a big part in participating in planning their management. So the uh, the strength-based, I like the strength-based and uh, that's with all our resources. And Hina also has mentioned, I think she's given quite a thorough overview of how the program is done. So the women are given that choice or option of group education via the virtual platform or doing the face-to-face. In my experience, in most of the women who are, especially the older women, uh, who are also kind of technologically challenged, prefer the face-to-face. But then there's also younger women who do still prefer the face-to-face simply because they're amongst peers or people who are in the same kind of predicament and they can get their support and also like share their journeys like Pastor Vi has. And there's power in those people's journeys of what they and what they have been through and how they can move forward from that. And um, I think that is why this kind of approach of a group sort of approach, but also with follow on with a one on one sessions afterwards is more suitable for the community. Thank you, Winnie. And you'll be playing a key role in educating and training our community health workers to deliver this 24-week program. What impact are you hoping this will have on the health and wellbeing of Maori and Pacific Islander communities in Australia? Firstly, um, the the health workers are all of Māori Pacific Islander cultural background, which is a big bonus and which is how it should be <laughs> simply because if you see someone that's from the same sort of cultural background, even the same skin color, they just immediately have that. I immediately, for example, for me in my role, if I when I see my clients, as soon as they see me, they kind of you're you're halfway there than other clinicians who are not from the same kind of background. I think that's just how it is with we human beings. You know, that's just how we seem to gravitate towards people of the same skin colour, even the same cultural background. So I think it's important that we do that and that's why our health workers are or MPI or, you know, multi-Pacific Islander cultural background because it makes it easier for people to relate, makes what they see more relatable. They have more understanding of the culture and, you know, their faith and how all that impacts on that. So it kind of promotes a better understanding, better communication and quicker to build rapport with the women 
women. And hopefully, you know, the women will feel more, their stories more relatable and they're, you know, like open up a bit more, more readily about their journeys to the to the health workers. So, and it is important. We're doing training for the health workers just to make sure that we're all on the same page with what we're actually saying to the women. And that, you know, it's to, just to make sure that, and they're they're well prepared as well, you know, like all of us should be. Wow, thank you. And what a fabulous team that um, we've got here, uh, you know, talking with us and and what a fabulous program and really looking forward to seeing how the pilot goes. Hina, if you could give a a message, what would the top three things you would say to a Maori and Pacific Islander woman who, who has type 2 diabetes now and who's listening to this podcast? If you could just say three top things they could do. What I would really like to encourage is our women to join uh, and be part of this wellness program because what we're doing is I think this is a collective uh, program. So this really enables us to work together to understand and share the importance of health and well-being, not just for us as women, individuals, but it also means how uh, we are translating that knowledge, health, and the change of wellness with the family uh, into the community. So it's really important that we are bringing in that life course perspectives where our children are also uh, beneficiaries of this. The second message is that what the program offers is holistic and we do cover the five really important elements around understanding about your wellness, about about your conditions, um, you know, thinking and feeling healthy, the mental wellness, um, about eating healthy, physical activity, movements, and about self-care in general. So one of the things I would say is that what this wellness program offers is, is going to be that opportunity to look at it from a very cultural space that's collective and within the community. And I guess the third important message is Let's have this dialogue and this conversation every day and let's be open about it because we need to normalize and we've got to destigmatize the whole context about diabetes being taboo. We need to remove that so that in the next decade, we need to make sure not only within our diaspora, Pacifica diaspora, globally, the whole type 2 diabetes needs to be addressed and needs to be looked at it from a, you know, at all levels. At all. And so to have that, we need to really, really remove those barriers around stigma, denial and like. Hina, so if someone wanted to go to be part of this program, do you have a website that they could go to? You can go to domcomplete.org.au um, website page, and when they go onto that page, they can find the Pacific Diabetes Wellness um, page. Thank you very much, Hina, Auntie Vi and Winnie, for being my guests on Women's Wellness Today and for sharing such inspiring stories about your wellness journeys and the impact that community-led initiatives can have on health outcomes. You've been listening to the Women's Wellness Podcast from the Women's Wellness Research Collaborative. You can find us at wellnessresearch.org.au. 